0: This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 327. 12 episodes you may have missed. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Allow me once again to please set the stage for the recording of this week's episode. Once again, I am in the corner of a guest bedroom recording on my computer with a microphone up in front of me. Uh, We recently moved from Springfield, Virginia down to Orlando, Florida, and downstairs there's an extra bedroom that we are converting very slowly, it turns out, into my home production studio, my home office, the space in which I'll see my clients online and teach my classes online from as well. We ripped out all the walls. We've put in very, very serious soundproofing, it turns out, and the rest of this coming week is all about gradually putting the walls back in, painting, putting in the new light fixtures, and getting everything up and running, which is a side note, not until the middle of June does the new carpet get installed in the home, and then towards the later part of June, all of our stuff from Virginia will then finally arrive, successfully having lived in six different houses in the last five months, and we're done moving. Speaking of which, uh, the internet, bit of a different episode this week, by the way, my friends, because this was supposed to be a phenomenal interview. Stay tuned till later, I'm sure, uh, with Shelley Joe Wallstrom, who recently wrote a book, Feed Your Brain, Change for Life, a phenomenal topic around nutrition and hypnosis. And we had to set aside that conversation because my internet still really isn't working here yet. Turns out it's the first time ever having fiber optic run to the house, and they've got to come out sometime this week and repair it. So apologies to Shelly Joe. However, I was on a private consulting call with someone who I've been working with for quite some time. And in the middle of that chat, he just goes, You know what, Jason, it would be helpful if you could compile a bit of a greatest hits. You know, there's like 300 plus episodes of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. And it can be a bit overwhelming because I don't know where to go. And thank you, Alberto. We have a topic now for this week's podcast as I'm recording the Sunday night prior to the Thursday release. So um, positive apologies to my editors, but here we go. This is actually something I've been meaning to do for quite some time to pull not necessarily a greatest hits because I can't do that because the moment I say these are the top 12 episodes, I will more than likely piss off a lot of my friends. And I don't want to do that. So instead, I decided to take that request in a slightly different direction. This week's episode instead is about 12 episodes you may have missed. So you may be a little surprised that as I look over the list of the episodes, some of them are solo episodes of my own, and some of them do include guest interviews, However, and no negativity, no slight to the people I'm about to highlight here. Some of them may be people that even you don't yet know about, in which case, listen very carefully, because this kind of goes along the theme. This is something that I appreciate from Richard Nongard with the ICBCH conference whenever we do one of those, is that, yes, you're going to have people there that you're going to recognize the names, but it's that intention to also highlight those people who are so busy doing the professional work of hypnosis that you might not really know them from the convention circuit. And as I'm looking over this list, several people who fit that respect are on here. This is also going to highlight a few key episodes, because as much as yes, this is part of the promotion for my ongoing training events. Yes, this is also about highlighting conversations that I'd love for all of you to hear. That's always the intention behind the recordings. But I'll say, sometimes we do just pop up and say, you know what, here's something we want to share. Let's just teach it. So as I'm looking over this list, one, two, uh, three, four, maybe five, if you want to bend the rules on this, five of them are just full on trainings from start to finish. One of which somebody messaged me about just last week going, I never realized you just gave away that entire training as a free podcast episode. And uh, it's the second one I'm about to talk about. And we like to call that a cliffhanger. So stick around through this episode. My amazing editors are going to go into into the show notes and just give you clickable links for all 12 of these episodes. And chances are, if this internet adventure continues, we may have a slightly familiar episode next week as well. So do not gloss this one over as just being a bit of, again, let's put it in the category of greatest hits. So there's many more to come. It's really about highlighting some of those key episodes you might have missed and making it even easier for you to find them. Now, I'm not just going to read you a list of 12 and call it a seven minute episode, because as I go through this list that I've very carefully collated, I will highlight exactly what's great about it and why you should go listen to it. Right away. Several of them again are full on trainings. I and mean, if you want more like that, right around the corner from now, we have the next Work Smart Hypnosis Live and Online. This is a full training and certification event from start to finish. The next one coming up kicks off the end of June 2021. You can find all the details over at Work Smart Hypnosis Live. Com. for the upcoming training. I've got a special guest once again with, as mentioned, Richard Nongard. Uh, I bring in my approach of work smart principles as well as hypnotic phenomenon based change because your client's issue is kinesthetic. Therefore, they ought to feel the hypnosis occurring so they can ratify something is actually happening. Let's end the virus of I felt relaxed. I guess I was hypnotized. So it's also about how do we approach approach those principles and attach it to the hypnotic change work with Richard Nongard really bringing in the most recent hundred years of research around hypnosis and working from an evidence-based approach. So it's this combination. This is how very often our classes are one half people who might be like some of you that are brand new. And this might be the very first training you're ever doing in hypnosis. Meanwhile, the training also attracts people who are working professionals, already out there earning a full-time living doing the work of professional hypnosis, yet are looking to sharpen their skills, get more consistent results, and learn from the principles that we have to share. So check out worksmarthypnosislive.com. We'd love to have you there. And with that, let's jump directly in to this week's collated goodness. Here we go. 12 episodes. Sorry, let's do it the right way. Session number 327, got to keep count, 12 episodes, 12 episodes you may have missed. There's a catchphrase that I very often use when I work with my stop smoking clients. And the catchphrase is when you do something a couple of thousand times, you start to kind of figure it out. And that's part of the approach as to how I work with my clients for stopping smoking. So there's something to be said about, you know, practice making permanent, practice making perfect, that the more you do something, the better you get at it, which brings us to session number 56. Now, I'm going to go through all of these, by the way, in no specific order in terms of ranking or quality. Instead, I've just made my list in, you know, sequential order. So the first one is episode number 56, and I'm going to wrap up here with episode number 256. So you can't play the game of going, which one's Jason's favorite? They're all my babies. They're all special to me. However, episode number 56 carries a very important purpose for me. And it kind of goes to that phrase around you do something a bunch of times, you start to figure it out. So I had never hosted a podcast before. And to say it politely, and this has been an ongoing theme of, uh, let's say, the first 100 or 200 episodes, that it wasn't until really the mid-50s. And again, we're up to 325 or so now, but it wasn't around the middle 50 or so episodes that something kind of clicked And I went, that's what this program is. And even better, I had taken a bit of a hiatus. I'd taken a bit of a pause because there were a few episodes, not that anything was wrong with them, but there were a few episodes that I went, I let people promote too hard. It was more of a sales pitch of the presentation. It's what we call a dealer demo. And they didn't really share. And I wasn't happy about those episodes. In fact, um, (laughs) there was a moment where I almost deleted an episode uh, and you know, I I didn't want to lie to the person though. So we, we aired the episode and it kind of became a marker in time to go. This is not what the program is. And this is the direction you're going. And it's about this time that it's like the winter break and my phone rings and the caller ID on the voicemail. I didn't hear the voicemail yet said it was Chris Jones. I'm like, is that the guy who got Howie to shake hands on America's Got Talent? I returned the call and yes, it was. So the first of the 12 episodes, number 56, Chris Jones has got talent. I'll tell you what I really love about this episode. It was not only that we got to then, you know, hang out and spend, you know, the greater part of an evening together. uh, But you really hear this genuine conversation as he was sitting on the recliner in my office with a handheld mic. I was sitting in the office chair across the room, long cable. (laughs) And it was the first I'd say real genuine conversation. It wasn't tell us about your book. It wasn't, te- it, it, it wasn't what I knew this program was not going to become over time and what I intended to move away from. What I really appreciate about this episode was that, first of all, that moment where a hypnotist got someone who was an admitted germophobic to shake hands on major television. This was a polarizing moment in our industry. Some of them myself included, went, this was amazing. My phone is ringing and people are going, can you help me like that? And thank you, Chris. And rightfully so. There were some people going, how dare he? Now, here's the thing about television, though. You don't see everything. And what you need to know about this appearance that Chris made was that everything was genuine. Everything you saw was absolutely real. Though, when you listen to this conversation with Chris, it's a masterclass in how to stack the deck in your favor. So let's do demos that are genuine. Let's do hypnosis that's absolutely real. But if there's any way to prime the experience in better ways, that's what this episode really becomes. And and I'll call it out. Over time, there have been some big name people who didn't know I had Chris on the program and said some, oh, let's go there, some mildly snarky things about what he had done. And for every criticism, for every critique, for everything you may not have agreed with, Chris said it himself in this episode. The man's just incredibly genuine. And you hear this dialogue of, if I knew then what I know now, it might not have worked. So I love that transparency. So go back, listen to that whole play-by-play. Even better, we'll put this in the show notes too. Find that video clip of that episode from America's Got Talent and see exactly what happened. And then go listen to that episode. You're going to hear this incredible, thoughtful, play-by-play experience of, again, stacking the deck in your favor and pulling off something absolutely incredible. And yes, indeed, Chris Jones has got talent. Which brings us now to episode number 90. And again, if you go to the show notes, we'll make this easy. My uh, incredible team of designers, programmers, and everybody, if you go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash Three two seven. That'll just redirect over to this episode's show notes. But episode number ninety was a moment of fully pulling back the curtain and simply teaching something step by step and making the resource available to everybody. So it's kind of funny that parts of our industry like to live in absolutes. If you don't use this technique, you're not going to get permanent results. Anyone who uses this method is a wimp. And um, no. Similar to that, too, you would often hear these sort of massive generalizations of the world, you know, and just as a side note, going into episode number 90, I was at a networking event and someone got up and said, a lot of people ask me as a coach, how is what I do different than a therapist? Well, the answer is simple, he said, not me, Uh, a therapist deals with your past, I deal with your future. Now, what you don't know of the story so far is that this person was a guest and did a great pitch. However, I was sitting next to the therapist who was a member of that group, to which I go, what do you think of that? And she leans over. She goes, a good friend of mine once said, never, ever, ever use absolutes. That, that's my catchphrase. So the danger of absolutes. So some people would say in the NLP model, there's no value in revisiting the past. Well, you know what, though? Timeline therapy does a lot of great work uh, dealing with the past now, doesn't it? Yeah. Fun to make absolutes, isn't it? And this is not across the board. I've heard some people make these statements. And episode number 90 is about a specific technique called changing personal history. And I wanted to do a full play-by-play episode of this one for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, first of all, this is the one I alluded to in the intro. Someone reached out to me and said, I didn't know that episode existed. Hey, wouldn't it be helpful to compile 12 great episodes you should go back and listen to? I know, right? So with episode number 90, Changing Personal History, I taught the entire te- technique step by step. And inside of that teaching, there's some nuances of mine. Go back and listen to it. Uh, never, never go into battle unless you're fully armed. So I'm always looking at building a positive resource first. And then going after the problem, this creates resiliency in the process. This is modeled after the work of Dr. John Hartland in terms of going after a more positive, you know, confidence building approach first. But there's several nuances inside of that of just, again, principles we can apply to so many other techniques. And no, I did not teach changing personal history because I think it's better than hypnotic age regression. No, all these techniques are good, everything works. It's only a matter of how you use it, which this reminds me of a thing we got into in the most recent work, smart hypnosis, live and online training to not become that person who defines what you do by a single technique. Our skill, you know, I'm going to talk about Roy Hunter later on Act surprised. Our skill is the artistry of how we put the pieces together based on the person in front of us. And if you want a better technique to help your clients to change their personal history, Well, go back and listen to episode number 90, Changing Personal History, which brings us now to episode number 144, which as a quick mention, the WorkSmart Hypnosis website includes a search engine. So you can simply go to WorkSmartHypnosis.com and in the top left, you can type any of these numbers I'm referencing. You can type these names. You could even put in words like smoking or weight loss or fears or NLP, and you'll find all sorts of related episodes connected to that theme that you can search for. So that's an easy way to find whatever you're looking for. We, we never intended this to become what it became, but this is now a worldwide resource for the entire profession. So I love the moment where someone takes a training and you ask them, how did the training go? And here's a red flag to look for. Oh, the instructor was so helpful. Just they were so sharing. They really gave everything away. Okay, well, it's great. Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, they were just so giving and so many great. I want to hear what the student can do with the content. The ideal training environment should not be everybody seated at the feet of the master pointing up and saying, look how good that person is. Instead, it should be, look what I've learned and here's how I've made it my own and look at what I've done with it which is why I don't present to you episode number 144, Karen Gray on hypnotic beginnings to say, Karen got introduced by, to hypnosis by someone who took my class and Karen was so impressed. She came and took my class and because of my training, she's now a full-time professional. Look at that. No, that's not the intention though. Though she did that. <laughs> it's instead, Karen was someone that as soon as I met her, She came in with the idea of learning hypnosis to supplement her nursing work, but I saw the click in the room where she just made that transition and went, this is what I want to do now. Uh, And even future episodes where I had Karen come back on the program and to hear how things have really taken off, um, hitting a financially massively successful year, and even in the midst of everything global pandemic, taking it as an opportunity to travel and continue her work all online helping people all over the world and and that first episode where i had karen on karen gray on hypnotic beginnings number 144 that all happened because she mentioned in one of our private communities all my training programs have private communities attached to it karen pops up and says here's what's bringing in most of my clients and rather than be greedy and call up karen and say what are you doing i go let's feature you on the podcast but so people can hear your story People can see the origin as to where you came in, how you made the decision to take your first training, whether it was mine, whether it was someone else's, that's a useful thing to hear. And then what did you do to get up and running? So to hear an incredible case study of someone from training going full time, episode number 144, Karen Gray on hypnotic beginnings. So I mentioned some of these episodes are people you might already know. Some of them are people you should know. Which not too later after that episode number one hundred and fifty nine, Mohammed Sheikh on hypnotic realities. If you're not yet someone who's following Mohammed Sheikh, some of you who go to Hypno Thoughts, of course, already know him. We we have a full conversation in this episode around his approach combining hypnosis and NLP and heart math and just an incredibly genuine approach. Um, you know, I, I think back to Michael Elner and Michael Elner, who was really a major inspiration for this entire podcast series. Hey, 13 episodes, you may have missed the very first interview on this entire program was Michael Elner episode number two pause for that. Uh, I, I remember hearing from Michael, um, his first time coming to a convention and he goes, and i find myself in the hotel room. Where it's everyone from Jerry Kind to Charles Tebbets to Roy Hunter and the big names, the greats at the time. And they were all friends and they were poking fun of each other and it was just people hanging out. Um, And he goes, they had this ability to kind of call out people who go, that's going to be the next big wave. Um, and, And a huge thank you to Michael for being a big part as to why some of you know who I am at this point. And I keep looking at Mohammed. This is a lightning in a bottle guy. Um, Anyone who's been in the room learning from him, you see the brilliance, you see the care, you see the meticulous uh, genius that's inside of what he's doing. And I don't use that word uh, too lightly there. Uh, But go back and listen to this episode of someone who has clearly thought his way through the process And even better is now bursting out and people are seeing the way that he teaches, the way he breaks down, breaks down information. So episode number 159, Muhammad Sheikh, on hypnotic realities. So moving forward, and again, these are only in sequential order to keep it easy on you. Episode number 177, dare I say, the best named hypnotist in the entire industry, Felix Akonomakis. On hypnotic responsibility. So this is an episode that I recorded with Felix. And then maybe Oh, what was it three or four years later, I finally met him in person. The adventure of, you know, connecting online, by way of a connection of Howard Cooper, who I will be talking about later. And I came to know Felix, because of some of the articles written about the work that he did, specifically working with people with selective eating disorder. That when you see the article of someone going, I only ever ate potato chips, and after I work with a hypnotist, I'm now eating, you know, a variety of other things. Very often, those articles are written about Felix Econimachus. Now, here's what I love about this episode. The title, Hypnotic Responsibility. Because if you think about it, this is a missing element that I keep noticing people don't catch in the hypnotic work. And even better, think about the fact, I've told you the category that Felix is known for. People who are selectively eating only a few things and are nearly repulsed by the majority of other foods. Even inside of that, you would expect, and there very often is, I've seen the man in action, this miraculous change where I saw him do a demo at the UK Hypnosis Conference in 2018, And this person had not eaten eggs in dozens of years. And within less than 20 minutes, she was eating an egg salad sandwich and going, I actually kind of like it. So inside of that episode, though, is this nuance of, again, hypnotic responsibility, which, again, I think that's a really strongly missing element in a lot of people's understanding of hypnosis. I can help you to resolve your fear, but you're still going to be the one in the environment doing the thing you would like to do. It's where I saw Felix say, here's what's about to happen. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do this brief technique. And at the end of this, you're going to have the bite of that sandwich. It's going to be a different experience. I'm paraphrasing here. Is that okay? She said, yes. Yes, that's a hypnotic contract, but it's a moment where he very clearly put it out there. It's going to be your responsibility at the end of the day to make this change. So inside of whatever miraculous result we can create, there still is that element of the client taking action. So let's move forward to the next episode, 12 episodes you may have missed. Well, this one, you might not have missed. And I say that because I I tend to keep this, um, you know, close to my chest that I don't like publishing the here are the most downloaded episodes. Uh, I did have someone Sorry, I did have someone a couple of weeks ago uh, ask me, he goes, am I like the least downloaded episode? I I can see that from my side. And I did give him a good little boost of confidence that out of um, 300 plus episodes, he was like episode number 110 in terms of, not, not number 110 of episodes, but like the 110th most listened to. He goes, I'm in the top third. I'm like, congratulations. However, episode number 183, the fully booked hypnotist this is the most downloaded episode ever of the work smart hypnosis podcast how about that i would have thought even from my side it might have been episode number one the all positive free talk i mean it's been out the longest so statistically speaking it ought to be the most downloaded some of you would have guessed it would have been some of the bigger names in the industry. Whether it's, um, you know, Melissa Tears or Scott Sandlin or Igor Letihosky. Uh No, it's a solo episode that earns the right for number one. Uh, as a side note, it is kind of fun to watch that uh, Freddie and Anthony when kind of dance back and forth uh, in the same spot, um, close to the top 10 to 15 or so. Um, I keep that to myself just because there you go. But again, number one, I can earn that spot episode number 183, The Fully Booked Hypnotist. Now, this was a presentation at HypnoThoughts Live either in 2016 or 2017. Off the top of my head, I I forget which one, but there's a few things that I like about that episode other than the fact that, well, I think the content is pretty good. Uh, It's that it highlights the incredible culture of HypnoThoughts Live, which is rapidly coming up, the end of July into the first week of August. The fact that, and this should not be revolutionary, my friends, I did an entire two-hour presentation at the conference, and I filmed it with my own camera, and I published it for free for the entire world to check out. And I say this because this is the direction that so many other conferences, conferences, I'll say it, that are struggling Um, and don't let their members own their own material. You know, I've been at other conferences over the years where I was asked to not film it with my own camera. Even when I said, this is just for my use to watch my presentation and see what I approve, what I can improve upon. No, we don't allow that. And I will say it very comfortably. Those are the conferences that their attendance has been dropping, even of course, prior to Convention's not really happening. That being said, the world is reopening. Numbers are dropping rapidly. uh, And HypnoThoughts Live, be there in Las Vegas this year, if you can make it. I know international travel hasn't yet opened up. Although I'll give you from my side, not just the praise for HypnoThoughts Live and register right now at htlive.net. What I like about this presentation was this kind of highlights something that I do as a personal training mechanism. I needed a good solid two-hour presentation that was just, here's what I did my first couple of years in hypnosis to earn a six-figure income, pack my schedule, and this is the foundation for everything you could ever do in your business. In fact, whenever somebody's asking me, well, you know, what's the approach in hypnotic business systems, my all-access pass hypnosis business training, I say, start here first you know, and I'll call something out too. I help Richard Nongard run the train, the trainer program for the ICBCH. And yes, I'm excited when another instructor says, could I buy copies of your book, work smart business to give my students? And I, yes, I am honored. However, I tell them, I'm like, I'd be happy to arrange that. We can even do like a wholesale deal through, you know, Amazon, which is who prints it. Uh, but you know what? I've got this free hour and 45 minute presentation on a podcast episode, even on YouTube, which is the better fit for your students. You know, let's give them the books too. Uh, However, this is that encapsulation of here's what to do. If I had to start over, I would still do the same route of that's the strategies that work. It may be a bit different in terms of networking and live talks, but business is business. Everything for networking and live talks That's what you do for Facebook Live. That's what you do in other people's online communities. All this stuff is universal. The platform is not the issue. It's the strategy. So for anybody who's struggling to get clients and grow your hypnosis business, two steps. One, listen to The Fully Booked Hypnotist, episode number 183. And then two, join the program at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Let's throw in another free resource here, jasonwebinar.com. It's a full preview of that program. So 183, the number one most downloaded episode. How about that? Now, I promised you some people you might not yet know. I mentioned two different conferences highlighting the people who are just too busy seeing a bunch of clients and doing the work of professional hypnosis, which brings us to episode number 187, Carolee Petrosky on hypnotic energy. So I first got to know Carolee by way of attending the NGH conference, by way of a mutual friend, Dan Candell, And I, I already saw her right away, the language that I use as someone who is a worker, someone who is really doing the work, really thinking her way through the process and just a brilliant mind at what she does. And there there's moments over the years where she was then a speaker at HypnoThoughts Live And someone says, I've got a spot open at three. What should I go see? I'm like, go see Carolee. And they go, I've never heard of. I go, go anyway. (laughs) And they came back and just the wow response that I got. So just someone who's a real thinker, someone who is really doing the work, someone to really listen to and emulate the work that she's doing. Again, definitely, definitely listen to that. Episode number 187, Carolee Petroski on hypnotic energy. Now I will say, to set the stage for how I very often record these episodes, I minimize all the windows. I usually record the interviews on in a piece of software called Squadcast, which really only is a software that serves one purpose. It records local audio on both sides. Uh, I kind of recommend it only if you're podcasting, if you're looking for other recording purposes. It's not what it's built for. But I tend to just, you know, turn out distractions. Uh put my phone on silent and put it off to the side. I laser and focus on the conversation that we're having. There are rare moments of uh texting other people during conversations with the phrasing and let's just go for the exact language. Holy shit, this episode's gonna be amazing. This one's gonna be great. Listen to it next week. And that's what I was doing <laughs> when I recorded episode number 197, and it should have been a whole lot sooner than that with Tracy Barrett Adams. Tracy Baird Adams on hypnotic experiences, who is now, by the way, doing a phenomenal program. Anybody who wants to learn hypnosis attached to birthing or fertility issues, I think Tracy Baird Adams is one of the best, if not the best, in my opinion, uh, in this realm right now. Because just the research going into it, the thinking, and just, again, worker, someone who has dived into really doing the work, really doing the networking, building an incredible community and just the thoughtful nature of what she did. In fact, you know, not to again play the I trained game, but Tracy had attended some of my events at one point and then I recorded the podcast episode with her. Just I'd seen the work that she was putting out there and and really <laughs> episode number 197 was really an interview because she was then doing a program at HypnoThoughts Live, a post-conference offering on working with insomnia, sleep issues as a hypnotist. And really, I recorded that episode with Tracy because I was curious to take her class, and I recorded with her and let everyone else listen. So then within minutes as the recording stopped, I paid in full for her training and attended, and it was outstanding. So episode number 197 Uh, Go listen to that one, and anything Tracy's putting out, definitely be a part of that. Just phenomenal, phenomenal work. We got four more to go here. Episode number 211. This may be my favorite named episode of all time. Episode number 211, Howard Cooper Ruins a Magic Trick. Now, I forget the sequencing on this. I think this recording happened... I believe after the UK hypnosis conference though I don't have the dates in front of me I just have the names of the episodes. But there's a conversation I had with Howard at one point and Howard I think has been on this program just as much if not more than some others. Of course yes I do ongoing projects with Scott Sandland and you know Karen Hand I have on a regular basis. Uh Richard Nongard's been on many times over and always cracks the joke that it's good to be on for the first time. Um I believe James Hazelberg in his episode forgot that he'd actually been on it before, but that was in the first 50. So we, we don't count that yet. Uh, but Howard Cooper ruins a magic trick. I think this was in one of our, our zoom conversations as we were doing some consulting on a project or it might've been just some off conversation at one point, but it's the way that Howard told the story of showing a client, a magic trick, and then revealing how it worked And then doing that to drive home a point to which I said, you're going to come on the podcast and tell that story. And we kind of tabled this for a while. And then finally, we got the recording episode number 211, Howard Cooper ruins a magic trick. Some people were upset. People of a magic background didn't like that he revealed it. But if you ever have a client ask the question, what do I do if the hypnosis wears off? I, I think if you want to use a prop and do it in a memorable way what howard teaches in episode number 211 is absolutely phenomenal in fact here's a real cool moment that where it all came full circle uh let's see it was back when freddie jackwin was doing a fundraiser for i believe unicef and what happened was credit to the Jackwins for this one too many people were attending the event and it was maxed out and even though i was the next guest speaker I could not get into the program. It was too full until eventually, I don't know the details on this, but someone sent me another link and I got to then log in as Anthony Jackwin. Yes, it was me, but it said, my name was Anthony Jackman, to which I kept referring to Freddie as dad. Uh, But here's the cool moment. In the setup, well, in the stalling of, can we get Jason on the recording? Uh, What happened was Lori Hammond, I think, was co-hosting at that point. And then to fill the time, Lori Hammond reaches off screen and grabs the prop and Lori does the magic trick. I love that. I love not only when, again, people continue teaching. Someone in a Facebook group the other day goes, how do I learn a pre-talk? And like six people referenced all positive pre-talk, which we've done two episodes on, by the way. So I love that Howard Cooper ruins a magic trick because, again, you can't beat the title. But just, again, illustrating something we can teach a client in a very memorable way way. Moving forward to episode number 224, Roy Hunter's Four Cornerstones of Successful Hypnosis. Here's what's great about this episode. It kind of hits the theme of some of the ones we've talked about so far. There have been only a few recordings ever since the Chris Jones episode where, you know, that's when the platform, that's when the style really took off. And to give credit, it was a combo of a Chris Jones episode and a Melissa Tears episode around the same time. And sometimes people do reach out and they ask, I've got a book coming out. Um, can I come on the program? Which is, by the way, the fastest way to never be on the program. Or, for example, this week was a fill-in episode last minute uh, because I saw the book that Shelley Joe uh, put out, Shelley Joe Wallstrom, and I thought it was great. And in fact, I have a blurb on the back of the book and a uh, really, really good read, by the way where I'll see someone doing something interesting and I'll say, hey, can we highlight that? Can you come on? But I don't let them come on and say, here's what I talk about in my book. Here's where to go to buy it. No, we let them share something. And then I'm the one who goes, you teach this in your book, right? There was a dialogue that was happening in several Facebook communities about always use this technique, always use that technique. And there was something I saw Roy Hunter teach, I believe in 2009, and I just messaged him to say, can you come on the program and just teach that? Let me, you know, kind of play talk show host. And I, I I give you the metaphor that back in the days of Johnny Carson, sometimes the stand-up comedian would just come out and do the five or six minutes of comedy standing on the stage on their own. But then some of them would come out and sit on the couch. And they'd kind of do the the comedy act, but almost as if like Carson was a part of it. And and that's really what this episode became. And it was a great moment of, from my side personally, revisiting something I had learned from Roy many, many years ago. And what's really great about this episode, the whole four cornerstones conversation, it's about really being in the moment with your client and really how to decide when do you use a technique or when do you not use a technique? Remember, never ever, ever use absolutes. And once again, that's an absolute. By the way, fun fact, there are some links inside of the show notes for episode number 224, which are still active, to get access to some of Roy's trainings. I don't get a cut of this, I just gave it all to him. Uh, But there's a link that's on those pages uh, to get access to some of his programs at a massively generous rate. So um, do that, it's phenomenal stuff that I use consistently with my clients. I want to swap the order of the last two episodes, by the way. Um, So I'm going to go 256, then 237. So act surprised, please, when I go backwards. Episode number 256. This is a little bit more recent, although that really means it's like a year and eight or nine weeks ago. Uh, But this episode, episode number 256, the Dave Elman induction for change. So I first met the Elmans back around 2008-2009, I believe, if that's the time frame. And in fact, in the recent episode uh, showcasing the upcoming Elman Zoom conference, you hear the entire story as to how we've all first met. And one of the things I've appreciated the most about the Dave Elman legacy is that there's many people who have tried to improve the technique. And I want you to hear that I did the biggest arrogant air quotes when I said, improve, Dave Ellman induction. And really, if I may be so bold, they've added extra elements to it and modified it just enough that they then maybe have a product they can sell about it. And I'll, I'll call it out. I've tried over the years like crazy to try to improve the Dave Ellman induction. And many of the improvements out there actually make it not as effective in my very honest opinion. They sort of kill the amnesia moment. They make it so you're working by The reason I love the Dave Alman induction is it's training the hypnotist and the client to work with intention and purpose rather than by assumption. You know, I love progressive mass muscle relaxation. I use it. but I can only assume you're actually relaxing. When thank you to Jeffrey Ronning for this metaphor, like an EKG device I can see and notice you responding to every step of the Dave Elman induction. And when I've tried to improve it, it didn't work as well. When I went back to the original formula, it worked. And to the point where one of my students goes, oh, the other day I did the Lynette Elman induction. I'm like, don't you dare ever call it that again, because my Elman induction is just the Elman induction. And I live by the premise that you don't need to add to it. But again, you do something a couple of thousand times, you start to see some openings, and and the question was, what if I can turn the Dave Elman induction into a process that also gets the change in motion? You know, thank you to Richard Nongard of looking at the induction as not just the thing that you get through, so you can actually address the change, and a credit to Scott Sandlin on this one. Um, Scott's line was like some hypnotists say that they use instant and rapid induction because it gives them more time to do the therapeutic work. If the make or break difference between you getting the result or not is an induction that's three minutes shorter, there might be something wrong with the rest of your process. But looking at the Dave Ellman induction, the thought was, what if I can make it even more effective? And dare I say it is a 100% effective technique with an asterisk. It's a 100% effective technique because the troubleshooting is built in. So there's no wrong way for it to go. Whatever happens, Charles Debbets was right, deal with what emerges and respond appropriately. So it always has the appropriate end, but there's a bit of a choose your own adventure if necessary in the troubleshooting. The my premise was, what if we can dangle the carrot of the change the client wishes to produce as a motivator for the individual steps? So for example, the goal of quitting smoking is to just to let go and just drop it and stop. The goal is to just do nothing. So in a moment, when I pick up your arm, practice that ability, just do nothing. So this episode, Dave Ellman Induction for Change, was a bit of a workshop of something that with permission, I ran by Larry a number of years ago, Larry Ellman, of course, Dave Ellman's son. And the question was, we've always said, we've taught together, don't add to this process. It's not necessary what do you think of this? And I got the, uh, we'll call it the Elman blessing that this was approved by the legacy. So you'll hear actually in that episode, I believe I did like three or four demos to say, okay, weight loss, let me run the Dave Elman induction, but modified and giving suggestions for change and motivating every single step based on the client's goal. I think I did weight loss smoking and I think I did confidence or public speaking Go back and listen to that episode number 256, and there's a free resource available to download attached to that. And let's bring it on home. I promised 12 episodes. I've probably referenced about 48 of them by now. Again, seven years running. Episode number 237, Richard Nongard on hypnosis research you must know about. So this episode created some uh, waves in the profession. Well, because first of all, there are many hypnotists who are quoting that Alfred Barrio's study around, um, what was it, hundreds of episodes of therapy versus 50 sessions of this thing versus six sessions of hypnosis, 99% effective. And a lot of people were posting that. And Richard was great on this episode for one, commenting, as I have said for years, Sharing that resource is probably the fastest way to break rapport with the medical profession and not get referrals and not help their people. And two, the man who did the study has now refuted the way that people are quoting it. So if you have that on your website, if you're posting that on social media, stop it. Uh, But also inside of that episode, not just that moment, you hear a bit of an update on pieces of research that again, these are the conversations we ought to be having in the profession. Let's stand on the research. Let's stand on the effectiveness. Uh, Previous guest on the program, Curtis Riles, once said, let's not do throw spaghetti at the wall hypnosis. Let's do things that have a foundation of proof and evidence. So there's some incredible studies referenced in there, many of which I eventually put on my website at virginiahypnosis.com. There's a research tab, which by the way, has been massively helpful over the years. Of communicating to my clients. Here's what hypnosis is good for. Here's the appropriate limitations. Here's the transparency of what I do. Here's the proof it actually works beyond my own anecdotal testimonials. So, episode number 237 Richard Nongard on hypnosis research you must know about. Uh, several pieces of studies are referenced there, all mentioned inside of those details. Use them in your conversations with your clients put them on your websites, put them into your email campaigns, put this stuff to use. Now, now chances are the show notes of this episode are going to be a little longer than some of the previous ones. Again, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 327. We'll give you the show notes page. Uh, I've given my editors a little less time than normal to put this one together. So guys, it's okay if this is just a list of the episodes that I've referenced. You don't have to give details. I'm communicating to them right now, because again, we're down to the wire on this one because yay internet. We'll see if I can upload this. That'll be fun. I may have to tether off my phone, but it may just be a list of those episodes and not so much the play-by-play of what to hear. Uh, but I'd highlight, you know, if you're looking to advance your skills, if you're looking to take what you do to a deeper level, you know, go back and relearn. I love the phrase, notice everything you have not yet noticed. Take a time to bounce around the archives at the WorkSmartHypnosis.com website. Listen to some of these episodes. Uh, Download them. You can do that from the site, too. Go back and even reach out to some of these people that I've referenced. I made it a point. Yes, there's people you may have already known. Of course, Richard Nongard, um, uh, looking here, Chris Jones. But checking out some of those people that you don't yet know that you really ought to know as well. And what I'd also highlight here is something that is not intentional. I I had a hobby of doing magic uh, as a teenager, like close-up sleight of hand. And this is actually a conversation I had with Mohammed Sheikh a couple of uh, days or weeks ago that uh, he has an interest in some of that too, that in that world, if you do this one card move and you don't call it by the name it's called, that profession ostracizes you, you know, when it's just simply giving credit Where it's due. So I point to these resources to say these are some of the people that I've learned from as well. And this was one of the greater comments we got from the recent work, Smart Hypnosis Live. Uh, Richard also joined me for that event, too. And it's that we gave our students an incredible roadmap one, to get up and running to get started. You'll hear that story on Karen Gray's episode, but also we've given them a roadmap of where to go next to become world class at the skills you have. So whether it's taking trainings from people like Howard Cooper or Tracy Barrett Adams, and yes, drop everything if your travel will allow it, and go to HypnoThoughts Live in Vegas and spend time directly with me. We've got the next Work Smart Hypnosis Live event coming up soon. If you're listening to this after the fact, we've always got one coming down the pike as well. And if you like trainings in person... Hey, Richard Nongard and I are doing one prior to Hypno thoughts in person as well, Vegas Hypnosis Training. So check out the resources. We're going to wrap up the episode here without any of the fancy music outros as we normally do. I would just simply say thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen. Uh, thank you, AT&T Fiber Optic, for not making my internet I'm paying for work yet. I'm sure that'll be fixed rapidly. Our neighbor was funny. Our neighbor goes, once it works, that's amazing. But yeah, get that fixed. And they're coming Tuesday or so. Tomorrow's a holiday. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you can join us at the next WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com training. We've got a few spots left. Thanks for listening. Get out there and please put this stuff to use. Thanks for listening to the Hypnosis podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.